Welcome to Take Heart, where our goal is to offer encouragement, give hope and insight so you can flourish in your journey as a special needs mom. As we explore monthly themes and share inspiring stories, our desire is for you to feel connected and encouraged. All of our resources, including an entire written transcript of this episode, is available on our website at TakeHeartSpecialMoms.com. There are also links to anything we mention in the show notes of this episode. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, I'm so glad you're here today. We have an interview with Amber Reynolds. I'm very excited for this interview. Amber is married to her college sweetheart, Chris, and they live on a farm in Northwest Illinois with three children. Their children came to them through foster care and they adopted in 2021 after more than three years in care. They have been foster kid parents for almost six years. Amber is also a junior high and high school athletic director, and she loves her job mentoring teenagers. This is what Amber says about herself. I am many things, wife, adoptive foster mom, infertility warrior, special needs mom, mental health care advocate, ADHD adult, athletic director, farm wife, sports lover, trauma survivor, avid reader, summer lover. But mostly, I'm the daughter of the creator. He has formed me and directed my steps. When I am at my weakest, he is glorified in his strength. You can find Amber at her Instagram, which is It's Amber Reynolds. Listen in to my conversation with Amber Reynolds. Today we have Amber with us, Amber Reynolds, and I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I've been following you for a while, and I looked at a couple of your Instagram posts as I was preparing for the interview, and I thought, why am I looking at this? She's actually going to be here, (laughs) and she can um, speak to what we want to talk about. So let's Start with just telling our audience a little bit about yourself and your family and your story. Yeah. So I'm Amber Reynolds and my husband, Chris and I are, I always say we're kind of college sweethearts. We started dating like three weeks before he graduated. So we have been married for almost 10 years and we live in a family farm house on a family farm in Northwest Illinois, close to the Iowa border. We're in the middle of nowhere. It was a huge culture shock for me. I am a born and raised St. Louis city girl. Mm -hmm. And so learning now I know like a whole new world. I can drive (laughs) tractors and combines and pluck chickens and all the things. So we love our farm life up here. Chris's family is all here. And so we have lots of help as far as family goes, but we in the spring of 2017 became licensed foster parents. So it's been like right at six years. And 2021, we were able to adopt a sibling set of three that we'd have for three years. So right now our current kiddos are seven, six, and five. Mm -hmm. They were two, 14 months and seven weeks when they came to us. So we've been very busy for the last lots of years. (laughs) It feels like we went from having we, had, we don't have any biological children. We went from having no kids to having like three under three. No one was verbal. Everyone was in diapers. No one could sleep through the night, all the things. So I don't remember most anything from that first year. Yeah, and rightly so. <laughs> <laughs> I rely on photos a lot where people being like, 
remember when you were super crazy? You took all the kids to Chuck E. Cheese by yourself? I'm like, nope, absolutely <laughs> do not remember that. Yeah. So uh, we have, yeah. So seven, six, and five, all of our kiddos have some amount of special needs, physical and mental illness, and just a lot of trauma-based needs that you know, some of which we know going into it and most of which we just kind of figure out as we go. (laughs) So we're kind of in the middle of that. Mm -hmm. I appreciate how honest you are on Instagram about the struggle of the trauma, the special needs, mental health and trauma, because I think it's something a lot of people do not understand. You had a post a while back that really resonated with me that you said something like, you know, people don't understand. They think you're controlling because you, you know, want to keep the schedule. Mm-hmm. You don't want to change the schedule or people don't understand. There's so many things people don't understand. And I that's what I hear a lot from moms that go through this. So yeah. how have you uh, handled that isolation and, mis- and people misunderstanding? Yeah, I think being open and honest about it on Instagram has been a true outlet for me because mm-hmm. I it is very isolating, mm-hmm. especially because our kids came to us so young, you know, mm-hmm. they were two, one and seven weeks. And so whenever I say something to the effect of like, oh, we can't do that birthday party, like that will just throw off our entire schedule. And we've already planned on this and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, he was seven weeks when he came mm-hmm. to you. Like there isn't trauma there. Like there's just, there's not a really great education or knowledge on the fact of how our body handles trauma, even from a really super young age. And so Instagram, I really started posting frequently about like our, our true struggles and not just like the pretty Instagram family posts uh, about two years ago, because I was feeling so lonely, so Mm -hmm. isolated. And I just remember feeling like, surely I am not the only person like surely I'm not the only mom out of hundreds of thousands of foster moms and adoptive moms and special needs moms around the world there is Mm -hmm. no way that I'm the only one and they're just at that point especially I did not know of anybody that was talking about it as openly as I started to and through that I have met some of my best friends who actually understand what we're going through and actually understand the dynamics of our family through social media. And so whenever people want to throw social media under the bus, I'm like, but I wouldn't have my friends (laughs) if it wasn't for Instagram. And so I just know that being open about it to people who understand makes it feel less isolating. And that doesn't mean that I don't feel like that sometimes anyway, because right, that's how the devil comes in and and tries to make us feel like, we don't know what we're doing because like, how dare us? Everyone else is able to do this. Every other family has worked through this battle or this struggle and, but it's just not truth. And so I push back on that with having a community of people that understand what's going on, even Mm -hmm. if it's only virtual and I haven't ever met them in person Mm -hmm. before. Right. You know, I think one of the things about that is a mom who has in this situation you're in, you don't have time to read a bunch of long <laughs> books and articles and that yeah. social media is so good for that. You can connect very quickly with people all over the world. And because they understand, because so few people understand this road, I think it's it makes quick friendships. And I think that's, that's just so important. And I want to go back to the trauma piece a little bit. One of the things yeah. that we have 
I don't think we have a good understanding of trauma. Our daughter, we had at three days old. So if you would have mm-hmm. told me that a child at three days old could have reactive attachment disorder, nobody understands that. And I still, to this day, even though she's 18, get that, but you've had her since a newborn. <laughs> like, well, right. yeah. Yeah. So, I find that educating people about trauma is a really important piece of this. And I don't know, I'm sure you agree with that. There's pushback, definitely. Do you get pushback? Yeah. And especially pushback from people who believe that they are specialists or believe that they are Mm well-educated in the field. I just had our oldest IEP meeting and he has significant, like the whole alphabet soup of diagnosis mm-hmm. is significant amount of specialists, a lot of, of, he's in an inclusion classroom, but it's mostly pull out services and, and all of that. So there's like me and 14 other people in the room and every other person has some sort of title besides mm-hmm. me. My title is mom, mm-hmm. which in a room like that is not an important title. Right. And so there's all these people that are very educated in their field. But if you ask them, they've had less than 20 hours of trauma training, Mm -hmm. less than 20 hours of trauma informed continuing education. And so when I say things like reactive attachment disorder, or, well, that's a trauma trigger, they're like a trauma trigger, he's been with you for five years. I'm like, Mm -hmm. "Hmm, okay, like, let's dig into that. (laughs) Or he doesn't, they're like, maybe we should get him reevaluated. I don't think he has reactive mm-hmm. attachment disorder. He's doing so good in our classroom and he wants to see me. I was like, well, he's known you for two months. Like, <laughs> of course you're his favorite person, but I can't be like sarcastic. And just be like, duh, like, of course he likes you. He doesn't know you or trust you. Right. But they don't understand that that is mm-hmm. because there's just, there's just is not enough information about that. And that's true for the medical field. And it's true for the education field and it's true for churches too. Mm-hmm. And, and it's intimidating to go into those rooms initially. I remember the first time I went in, like they have these acronyms and <laughs> initials mm-hmm. and I didn't know what I was allowed to say. And what, I mean, yeah. I didn't know what I was allowed to ask for because I just didn't. Um, yeah. And I ended up working with a special needs teacher in the area who I sat down with and said, tell me what I'm allowed to go in and ask. Like, I don't understand this whole system. So yeah. what, one question I have for you is, okay, so you're a busy mom, you have all these things going mm-hmm. on, and then you have to be the expert in the room of 15 mm-hmm. other experts. That I can imagine a listener going, oh, man, I'm so tired. I don't even know how to yeah. start. And and what would you say to that mom who's, and also when you don't, you have this all these diagnoses that they never really yeah. land the plane on any of them, in my opinion. Right. So what yeah. would you say to that mom right now that's listening that goes, it's it's too much. What how what yeah. first steps would you give her? I would first say you do not have to leave that room having signed anything. Mm-hmm. That is my first thing that I always say to people mm-hmm. when they're going into IEP meetings or like med change meetings or anything like that. Like you are allowed to say, I need time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this IEP meeting that we were in, this last one was like over two and a half hours. And so that's a long time of talking about mm-hmm. goals and behaviors and where we're at and new diagnosis. And this, uh, this was a whole, I mean, everything, it was a whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was like, even being in it for so long. And I have had a lawyer come with me and I have had a child advocate come with us and and all of those things. But even me and my quote unquote experience, 
I still said, I'm going to need a few days to read over this and I'll Mm -hmm. get back to you. And so I say that to, to parents all the time. When you go into these meetings, you will feel bullied because even if that is not their intent, it is intimidating. Right. But you do not have to sign anything. And so get a second opinion, get another set of eyes, have your spouse look over it, have a trusted friend look over it and be like, is this really what is best for my child? Because mm-hmm. each person in the room is looking at their specific area whether mm-hmm. it's medicine or education. They're mm-hmm. like, I am focused on speech. I am focused on OT. I have DT, PT, like all of the things. And and as a parent, as a mom, it's my job to look at my whole child and be like, my goal is for him to be safe and healthy. And if we aren't reaching that goal, then I can't agree to these things. Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing, that's, that's all great advice. I often say, who do I follow up with? Like, you know, mm-hmm. like I write, I always would make tons of notes. I'd write down names. For sure. You're just, it is, you get to the end of it. You're just so exhausted. And yeah. You're thinking, who said what? So mm-hmm. I think those are really great points. Now I want to switch a little bit to the trauma, the, the trauma we feel as moms. Yeah. Because teachers don't understand behavior. I have several moms and I used to be the minute the phone would ring with the school. I would just have this, my anxiety yeah. would go out the roof because I just, I didn't know what was going to, what, what was going to be happening, what behavior was happening. And I, I know they have to let the parent know, but I feel like they would just dump it back in my lap. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm sure you've had that experience. So how do you deal with some of your own triggers when it comes to either behavior or maybe negative, um, the way people treat you negatively? How do you deal with those kinds of things? Yeah. The first thing is I think every special needs parent should be in therapy. Like, Amen. The very first thing (laughs) is your child gets a diagnosis. The parent goes into therapy because it's, it does not matter how strong of a person you are. It does not matter what your background is and what your past looks like going forward, having somebody who's removed enough from the situation. Cause you can't just say like, I'm getting drinks with my friends. Like Mm-hmm. Every Tuesday we have girls night out and I vent and that's my therapy. Mm, no, I, I do I not agree. agree with that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's great and that's fine. And we have date nights and we have girls nights, but like, I'm, I have a very good therapist. So that's my first thing is it's an important investment to your health. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the first thing. The other thing is that it's not personal. Like I had to really early on be like my child's behaviors is not a personal reflection on my parenting. Amen. So it doesn't matter what the principal thinks or the teachers think, like the way that my child is acting does not, is not a direct response for how I am parenting them. Mm -hmm. And we just have to, it's so hard. I know it's easy to say, (laughs) it's hard to put in practice, but we, we need to remember that so that we don't feel like every time that we get a call from the school, it's not a personal attack on us. Right. And I think that we have to hold hold fast to that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's so true. The problem is we have had personal attacks. And right. it took me a long time to kind of toughen my skin for that. Mm-hmm. I remember going into a meeting and the first thing was, What is what is going on at home in your marriage with your other kids? And I'm just like, <laughs> I'll tell you what's going on at home. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, we've had calls. I mean, we've had hotline calls from school and for, you know, they've had to come and check our home and, mm-hmm. you know, kids make false claims. And so then they have to check our home. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, 
oftentimes feels like a personal attack because it is a personal attack, Mm -hmm. even if it's unintentional. Right, right. And so just being rooted in, first of all, remember, first of all, I absolutely agree with you about therapy. I think there's this idea that we don't need it. And sometimes in in the Christian world, people look down upon it. But Mm -hmm. I have been in therapy for years because of having three children with um, special needs. And it has been so helpful. And one of the things my therapist said is, you don't often understand what's going on in your house. So how can someone else? And that kind of helped me go like, you're right. I don't Mm -hmm. even know what's going on. and I can't always explain it. So just knowing that has been helpful to me. And that, that, that taking care of your own self. I know that a lot of times when moms come to talk to me, I think they want like a quick solution. And I always say, this is a marathon. So we're going to start mm-hmm. first of all with how you're going to take care of yourself. Yeah. Because this is not going to be a situation that's going to be resolved quickly, if ever. So how do you take care of yourself? That's always the big question for special needs moms. <laughs> I know therapy, but. Yeah, I am also medicated for mm-hmm. anxiety and depression. And mm-hmm. I think that that is way taboo in the Christian right. field. And I have several reels about that because I get nasty comments on Instagram. Like mm-hmm. you talk about Jesus and yet you're on Lexapro. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> like I'm not going to be ashamed of that because right. I like part of my job as a mom is to be the best mom I can be for my kids. Right. right. And for me, that's having less days of depression where I can't get out of bed. And so therefore I'm the best mom that I am when I'm medicated and when I'm in therapy, also like having a good relationship with my husband is Mm -hmm. more important than putting out the fires with my kids. And I think that that took a while to learn about the balance of that. Like, cause Mm -hmm. you know, when you have special needs kids, I'm not sure about you, Amy, but when, like for my kids, it's really hard to find a sitter that we Mm -hmm. trust (laughs) that my kids aren't going to manipulate or harm in some way or oftentimes we'll have a sitter for like one time and then they're like yeah I can't (laughs) do that again so even I mean when our kids were little we had to not that they're not still little but littler we had to have like multiple sitters like our oldest Mm -hmm. would go to somebody's house and then our younger two could stay with the sitter and that kind of thing but and so for a few years my relationship with my husband got put on the back burner because who wants to a even make plans because <laughs> as special needs moms, we have the worst decision fatigue ever. <laughs> yes. Right. And so like, I would say to my husband, like, I'll find a sitter, but you have to plan everything else mm-hmm. because I can't, I can't do it. And then we use respite services every mm-hmm. six to eight weeks. And so mm-hmm. we just do one night at a hotel really close to our town. And just for one night, we just don't have to worry about getting up in the middle of the night and monitoring safety procedures and medications and all of the Mm -hmm. things that go along with our being part of our family. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I, when you said, you said something like, you know, my relationship with my husband's more important than putting out the fires for the kids. For my first thought was yes, but people are going to go, now, wait a minute. (laughs) You're going to get, I, you've probably gotten some pushback on that. Yeah. But like you said, you being the best mom, you can be And also you guys being the best marriage you can be is so important. And I think sometimes it's hard when there's all kinds of fires going on. Like, can I really take this respite? Can I? And sometimes I think about when people are at war 
they they don't like wait till the war stops to send them to, to arrest. Like they pulled soldiers right. out. So I yeah, think that is such a good point, and I'm so glad you brought that up. It's really good for me to see reflected in my daughter. So my daughter is six, mm-hmm. and for the last like three years, no joke, since she was three, she is obsessed with marriage. Like. Every day she comes home, she's like, I'm going to marry Bennett. I'm going to marry River. Like every day she like makes cards and hearts and all of her. And I was talking to my therapist about this because we don't push that. Like I'm not big on the like, ooh, who's your boyfriend kind of thing. Like that's just not me or my personality. Um, And my therapist is like, she wants so bad. She sees the way that your husband treats you. Mm -hmm. And the way that you make this relationship with your spouse work, you know, like if Chris and I are in the middle of a conversation, we, our kids have to raise their hands instead Mm -hmm. of interrupting us Mm -hmm. because our connection is important. And so my therapist made a really good point. Like she sees that and she wants that and she loves that. And so you're actually by saying, Hey, we need to take a break. We need to take a date night. Like we need to take a respite. It's modeling a good Mm -hmm. relationship for your daughter's future. And I loved that hanging on to that. Like Hey, it's important for them to know that this is important because someday, hopefully, they will be good spouses that mm-hmm. want to make time for their spouses. Mm-hmm. And I think that's especially important in children with attachment issues because you would think, okay, all my energy needs to go to att- make helping this child attach to me, but they need to see it. They do need to see it modeled elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I would think uh-huh. all attention on them as attachment kids are like, well, how do I do that's too much. <laughs> so having it modeled is really important. And I was chuckling about the whole babysitter thing. Like I used to think, okay, like, do I just tell them everything right off the bat? Do I, like, what's the right thing to do? And it is multiple. I, I, I remember we'd get invited to a wedding and it would be like huge. Do, do we both go? Do one of us go to like, like months in advance it would take. Mm-hmm. So good for you that you're finding babysitters, but also that you're taking respite. I think there's some guilt around that with moms, but I think that's just a lie. I mean, yeah, we can have mom guilt about so many things, but you are so right that it's not just you getting good sleep or exercising. It's therapy. It's relationships with other people. You really have to fill your cup in every way you can, because this is a very demanding. Yeah. And I I also want to say for, for moms that are in the real thick of it, like Mm -hmm. the real hard, devastating daily survival, unsure of how they're going to make it another day. When you are unable to fill your cup and when you are unable to take care of yourself, the Lord provides. Amen. And I, cause I remember I have felt just like weeks of despair where like, I can barely keep my child alive. Like I can barely keep my child alive and people are telling me to go get my nails done (laughs) or, you know, like people are telling me to take a respite. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. if I take respite, I will come back and my kid will not be alive. Mm -hmm. And so I know that deep, desperate, dark feeling of like, please do not tell me if you say the word self-care one more time, (laughs) I'm going to chuck my phone across the wall. (laughs) Like I have been there and I know that the Lord will still sustain you until you are at a point where you're not in the very middle of the inferno anymore and you can take a breath. Like I promise that there is an end to the deep despair and through it all, when we cannot fill our own cup, the Lord will keep our cup full. That is such a good point. Thank you for pointing that out because it's easy to look around at what other moms are doing and think I've I've been there too. I've been like, I 
don't even know how, you know, my kids are older now, but when they were younger, there were days I thought I can't do this literally one more minute. I just, I don't know, let alone think about Christmas break or, or summer vacation or whatever. Like that would send me into a tailspin months out because I couldn't mm-hmm. do the next minute. How in the world am I going to do six months yep. from now? So yeah. I, that is a really good point. You know, a lot of the women I talk to are so disillusioned by a lot of things, but the support that they thought they were going to get from church, the support they thought they were going to get from families. And I, 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 my heart goes out to them because they just don't have the people around them. And part of that is advocating, but also, as you know, you're tired of saying all the words all the time. Right. Um, so you talk a little bit about this just a second ago, but how do we stay close to, I, I had a mom say to me, I cannot stop. I'm afraid if I stop, I've been treading water for so long. And if I stop, I'm going to sink. And yeah. I just don't know where God is in any of this. And I'm tired of people saying to me, have you tried this or that? Or, you know, have you tried reading scripture or praying like, to them? Mm-hmm. Of course I have. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so what do you say to that mom who just is like, like wants to give up on God because it wasn't, well, n- none of life is what we think it is, but I, I think especially there's a message in the church about you're just going to love them. If we adopt as scripture calls us to and foster, we're just going to love them and it's all going to be good. And so when things aren't all good, <laughs> there's just not the support. So what would you say to that mom who just is really disillusioned by God? And yeah. Yeah. I would say at first, one of the best things that I've ever done is written a list of things that are helpful for our family. Mm -hmm. So when like, it's just, it's not very long. It's like four or five things that are always helpful. And no matter what the season is, it's something that anybody could do. All right. So like, so when somebody says, I've been praying for you, is there something, you know, let me know if there's ever anything I can do yeah. to help. Then I say, it would be awesome if you could bring dinner on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Like, I because that. I have it written down. So I don't have to think about it. I can mm-hmm. say like, if you're free on Tuesday, my family could really use dinner. And most of the time, honestly, like I would say 90% of the time, people are like, yes, I would love to bring you dinner on Tuesday. Or like, yes, I would love to mow your lawn for you so that you know your family can have time together. It's it's little things that people don't often think about because you don't want to be a burden or you don't want to, you don't know what is helpful and what is not helpful. And I've felt like that too. Like when when people have babies and you're like, I don't want to be in your way, right. but like I want to help out. And so just having a list of things that are always helpful for us, it's always going to be Tuesdays. I never want to cook on Tuesday because <laughs> I have long, I have long days. And then like, I come home from practice and it's late and my kids eat normally pizza rolls. So, um, so there's that, like, that's a good way to get people involved quickly and easily. Because if somebody says, I'm going to pray for you, I a hundred percent do not hear that I'm saying prayer is not important because prayer is important, Mm -hmm. but faith without works is dead. And we know that through scripture. And Mm -hmm. so if we allow other people the ability to serve our family, it's going to be a blessing for both parties. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to ask. And I, I know for some personalities that's easier, easier than others, but having something written down where it's right in front of you, I think is good. Also remember how far God has brought you. Remember how far God has brought you. Like think of situations in your life and always go back. Like I always think about in the Old Testament where God would have them build an altar or 
build a monument to this time in life where we are at the end of it. And so then when you walk by this monument, you're always seeing the faithfulness of God because you're remembering we were brought through this. We were brought through this. For me, I have a history of childhood trauma myself. And I just think about the fact like I'm 30. There were many days in my life where I did not know if I would make it to 30. And here I am with a family and a husband who loves me. And and even though um, we have been through some of the hardest days of our life this year, I can still look back and be like, God has not forsaken me. I was able to see redemption. And and some of it, like we see redemption this side of heaven, but God doesn't promise redemption this side of heaven. He mm-hmm. promises us heaven. And mm-hmm. so I hate the um, that phrase, and I'm probably going to mix it up, but it's like, you know, God promises good. And if it's not good, then it's not over, you know? Right. And I'm like, well, that's not really true because heaven (laughs) is eternity (laughs) and that's what God promises. He does promise to work all things for his good, but we have forever and forever and forever to glorify him and to worship. him. So just, I am not great at journaling. Mm -hmm. I'm not great at writing things down or having like a very consistent quiet time or a process or any of those kind of things. So I know for some people like a gratitude journal is really helpful Mm -hmm. because just if you can just say three things a day that you're thankful for, it helps attune your heart towards Mm -hmm. thankfulness. Mm -hmm. Or if you can journal, like journal your prayers through those times and look back at that and say, Hey, God did deliver me from this because it's easy to forget. And so for me, I use Instagram as that. You can look through my Instagram posts and see times where we were in a valley and times when God delivered us throughout the years. And He has just never ceased to be faithful. And even when I don't feel it, I I know I have the knowledge. And so that knowledge carries me through until I feel it again. Mm-hmm. That is really helpful, especially the encouragement to moms that aren't journalers. Like you don't have to be a journaler. You can snap a picture. You can, I used, I happen to be a journaler, but I remember, you know, I have three biological kids that are older and with the three kids that come from trauma, I just felt like, you know, did I ever see them? (laughs) Like, was I ever doing anything with them? But when I go, I would write one thing down in my journal, like took, you know, went and got ice cream with Davis or whatever. And, or, you know, did this thing with Evan. And then I would look back and go, life was happening this whole time when I felt like everything was awful and hard and it was hard, but life was happening. And it's, it's, it's like the, uh, the stones and the altars they built in the old Testament. Like, remember, remember Mm. what God has done. And I think even in the hardest days, just going back to look at that, is kind of the the breath we need to step forward into the next moment. Mm, yeah, um, for sure. And I think that's important to remember if, and I know that one thing I think is a struggle for moms, especially as moms is we kind of have a scarcity mindset. We're always looking for the next disaster, which is understandable. <laughs> and yeah, I'm true. <laughs> and I know for me, as my kids are older and I'm not in this stage you're in, that is still something that I have battled against. And so going back to looking at those ways where God, I hate when people say God showed up because he's here all the time. It's not like he's mm-hmm. like way far away and he just pops yeah. up. <laughs> so I don't really like that phraseology, but I think that is, I've had to go back and keep reminding myself that, that he, uh, 
provides what we need and he walks with us. And I think, especially in, in light of always scanning the horizon for the next disaster, that is mm-hmm. something that we need to remember. Do you have other practices that help you stay present or that help you be present to God? Yeah. So another thing that I don't love is when people are like, the best part of my morning is when I wake up before my kids to spend time with God. (laughs) If you follow my Instagram at all, you know that my five-year-old sleeps between two and three hours a night. Mm -hmm. So there's not a lot of time when I have, when I don't have my child with me. Mm -hmm. And so what I say to moms is I, I don't like to do something unless I'm going to be the best at it. Like, I don't like to do something unless I know that I will get an A plus. I am right. a firstborn mm-hmm. and everything needs to be exactly correct. Or I just won't refuse to do it. Like, I'm just mm-hmm. not going to do it. And so I went through a time when my kids were young where I like just didn't read the Bible because I was like, well, if I can't get up before my two infants, then I don't, I'm never going to be able to spend time with God. So I just didn't. And then I just was honestly, the Holy Spirit, I think, hit me on the head with a stick. It was just like, you doofus. Like, I'm going to meet you where you're at. <laughs> And so I have, I use my phone for my Bible app. I use the She Reads Truth app. Mm -hmm. I get, and I don't love long devotionals because I think that the spirit can speak directly through scripture. Mm -hmm. You don't need like a ton of companionship books to like really dig into scripture. And so, you know, part of my practice is every day I'm in the word, whether that's with a five-year-old hanging on me or while Wheel of Fortune is happening in the background so that my kids will buy <laughs> it down. You know, it, it doesn't matter where you're at. And I think that I was so against using technology as scripture for a mm-hmm. long time. And I was so against, like, I wanted to do it the right way or what I assumed to be the right way. Mm-hmm. And I want to encourage moms that are in hard seasons with young kids or I, I spend a lot of time in hospitals with my kids. We've mm-hmm. had many, many, many hospitalizations. And for us, when we're at the hospital, we watch Paw Patrol like 24 seven. And so (laughs) I want to encourage moms that the spirit can meet you while Paw Patrol is on. Like the Lord can be very, very present and teaching you and growing you and being faithful, even when you're, you know, holding a kid who doesn't like to have an IV. And so you have to hold him for four days straight, you know, Mm -hmm. like that, those things doesn't negate you from being a learner of the word, like those mm-hmm. kind of things don't say like, God's not like, oh, well, you aren't in a quiet place at 530 in the morning with your coffee. And therefore, <laughs> you can't read scripture and your candle. So, <laughs> right, right. So I just want to encourage moms that are in those the, the, in that space, like it's okay. It's all right. No matter where you are, the Lord is going to meet you. And even if you don't feel like it, our feelings mm-hmm. are very deceptive. So even if you do not feel like it, I promise if you just read a Psalm every day, the Lord will start to soften that part of your heart that is maybe unaware of his faithfulness or unable to look back, or you're in a hard, hard place. This spring, I was in the hospital with my oldest for 34 straight days in an adult ER um, Mm -hmm. with a mental illness, complete meltdown. And And it was the darkest time of my life and Mm -hmm. still the Lord showed up and not because I felt like it, (laughs) I absolutely didn't. But I had friends that were sending me scripture because I was so angry. I wasn't even going to open my scripture app. Right. And so my encouragement is when you don't feel like it, still do it because eventually you will feel it and it will be so, so, so welcomed. Right. Those are good words. I, I think 
of us as advocating for our kids to have an IEP, like to, to adapt to what, what their life needs, but we don't do that for ourselves. We have this idea that unless we can do it at this time with this, I had a Mm -hmm. whole period of time where I would listen to scripture and because my body was so sore and tired, I would do a bunch of stretching while I was listening just because I needed to move my body. And I found, I really found the Lord in those moments instead mm-hmm. of me sitting with a book. And cause I think also because of our lives, we're answer people. Like we get a plan, we figure out where the meds go. And like to often bring that into your body a little bit more has been a very helpful practice. Cause I'm in my yeah. head a lot <laughs> trying to figure things out. So yeah. I, I really appreciate you sharing that. It has been a delight to talk to you. I, I, I told you earlier that I just feel in my bones when I read your stuff that I know I'm past that a little bit, but I just know what a blessing you have to be to other moms with your honesty, your obviously love for your kids and for God, but just how honest you are about this life. So I really am. I appreciate you doing that. So thank you for that. Thanks, Amy. And tell my our listeners where they can find you. Yeah. So I am, it's Amber Reynolds on Instagram. And that is really where I stay in my lane. Mm -hmm. I know what I can handle and I cannot handle multiple social media Mm -hmm. platforms or blogs or podcasts. That's just not where I'm at right now. And so I recommend for people to follow me on Instagram, connect. I try to stay really up to date with talking in the DMs. and And like I said, I've met a lot of friends there, but it's just a good place where even if I am not the person to connect with you, I have been able to connect people like in the same time zone or with the same um, Mm -hmm. ideas or whatever. And so I I really think that it's a blessing for me and I hope that it's a blessing for others. Well, thank you. And we will definitely in our show notes link that. And so people can find you because people need to find you. (laughs) I'm telling you now, listeners, you need to find her. I wish that I would have had somebody like you back in the olden days when we didn't have Instagram as much. (laughs) So I had to read books and find there were no books. So I'm really grateful for that. So thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening today. I hope this conversation with Amber Reynolds was an encouragement to you. Don't forget to check out her Instagram at it's Amber Reynolds. We will also have that link in the show notes. Have a good day.